Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. You are listening to AM 1320 WARL, Attleboro, Providence. It's Revolution Recap, a weekly review of the New England Revolution and Major League Soccer on WARL 1320 The Drive with your host, Sean Donahue. Welcome to Revolution Recap. We're here every Sunday from 7 to 8 p.m. reviewing the latest action of the New England Revolution and Major League Soccer on AM 1320 The Drive as well as over the internet at 1320thedrive.com. Joining me today in studio is Patty Vine of Providence Sports. And if you missed it last night, it was a big triple header. Uh, 22,000 fans showed up for the game uh, to witness three great, excellent games and topped off by the Revs game at the end, coming back from 2-1 two, two down in the 90th minute, came back to win it 3-2. It was quite, quite the game. It was the most exciting ending I think I've seen in 10 years of watching the Revs play. I really do, Sean. I think that was about the, the best uh, and the most exciting ending. And to quote uh, Steve Nichol, that was probably as good a game as you'll see all season. And I, it reminded me of an MLS Cup final. That's how I, kind of, I felt about it. In fact, it could be a preview of the MLS Cup final because I believe we saw the two best teams in the league competing last night. And it's the first time I can actually say that I believe this team can win the MLS Cup. We did go to the Cup Final, but we lost, and I actually felt that Galaxy would win that, one nothing. However, this year, Revolution, should all the players stay healthy, if Taylor Twellman continues with uh, his goal-scoring prowess, I think we as a team are ready to win the Cup this year, without any doubt. Well, as you were saying, it definitely could be a preview of the of the MLS Cup matchup with Dallas being the top team in the West and despite Chicago having more points in the West I think it's safe to say that they're the top team because you've seen twice when the Reds had all their players that they managed to beat Chicago 3-0 away on the road and then 2 nothing away at, at home so I, I think it's safe to say that uh, based on on results the Reds are the top team when they have all their players in the East and the way FC Dallas has been playing, some of their players like Ronnie O'Brien, when they get a guy back like Eddie Johnson, and even if somehow Maroney makes a miraculous recovery and gets back in time for the playoffs, they're really a great team to watch. And it could be really seeing that that game last night was really the marquee matchup that the league has had so far this year, I'd say. And it was end to end. It was uh, it was goal scoring. It had all the elements. It it, it was. It was just the best game I've seen all season, as Steve Nichols said. He looked ecstatic. I didn't get to go to the locker room to hear his comments, but I think we will be. Yeah, talking about Steve Nichols, uh, we have the the press conference here, and uh, talking to Steve Nichols, the part where he actually said it was the best game, and uh, we can play that now for you. That's probably as good a game as you'll see all season. Um, They had a good side. They passed the ball well. I mean, O'Brien and Ruiz are huge for them. Uh, you know, we started great. We couldn't have started any better. Uh, obviously, we'd like to got got a nose in front, but they got. I mean, the goal, the first goal he got was was just a completely you know, lucky break off a off a tackle. The guy's through, hits it straight at the goal. He gets it back and goes in. Uh, from then, we were really chasing the game, and it's hard to do that, particularly when you're playing against a team who, who certainly the way they played tonight, was set up to keep it tight, hit us on the break 
uh, and they did that well. You know, Matt Reese has had uh, a lot more saves than we'd like to make tonight. Uh, he came up huge. But we were we were forcing the issue most of the time. We had to get ourselves forward and, uh, and leave holes for them, uh, which made it easier for them. But you know, again, loads of heart, uh, some skill, some good play. Uh, never say die attitude, and we we pull we pull the game out. Stephen, when did you find out that you were going to have an injury? Well, as soon as as soon as the the US had played the last substitute in the game. We had a fair idea we were uh, we were at least going to get one of the boys, and obviously neither of them took part in the game. So, you know, Bruce was uh, good to let us have the two of them. Did you request them, or that we, we, we've been speaking to them. And obviously, having four guys in, in uh, with the US team is hard on uh, hard on us. Uh, you know, uh, I accept that that's the way things are. And there's no point in crying and moaning about it. You know, we certainly. Uh, work with Bruce and uh, I think you saw tonight that Bruce is willing to work with us How important was it for you to have them tonight? Yeah it was important you know it was a, you know, basically two of the top teams in the, in the league uh, fighting that out so it's important to have uh, have that extra bit of quality that we've been missing over the last couple of weeks I think we still can we can still be better I think in the final third uh, we can be better but I think we, we also played some decent football also so you know, for anybody sitting in the stand watching the game, they must have had uh, definitely the money's worth tonight. It was a defensive lapse at the end of the first half uh, for them to go up 2-1. Yeah, frustrating to get to get the goal back and to lose the goal so quickly. Put us in the position of chasing the game again. Um, you know, you'd have to say it's a it's a, it's a well worked goal. He took it great. You know, you can't we can't complain too much. You know, the only the only doubt I would have is that you know they, they had been having guys running from deep, uh, and we really should have spotted that. But at the same time, the, the, it was a great finish. Talk about Taylor's performance tonight. Yeah, I mean we had we had uh, a couple. <coughs> You know, I saw him stretching after uh, after he had a chance at the goal he saved, uh, and obviously straight away I was thinking it was his hamstring. So that was that was the carry on we had. You know, I was just going to take him off. You know, typically Taylor didn't want to come off, and uh, fortunately we, uh, we made the right decision between us. Head coach Steve Nickel talking about the Revs game last night in which they came back from a 2-1 deficit, and Twelman in that game should be mentioned had a hat trick. Uh, just the second of his career, and it was quite a way to get one coming back from the injury. Uh, he hadn't played his best two games, the previous games, and uh, as, as Steve Nichol mentioned, he was just about to sub him off thinking he had re-injured his hamstring, and it's a, a quite a good thing that he kept him out there. Since the goals came in the 90th and uh, 90 plus 92nd minute of the game for Taylor Twelman, who's now the leading goal scorer for the league, he's tied in goals with Cunningham of Columbus, but uh, Taylor Twelman has more assists. Third in line is Jaime Moreno of D.C. United, followed by Gomez at D.C. and Patrick Noonan of New England Revolution. And and also on that list, you see Clint Dempsey a little bit further down, uh, now the league's leader in assists, uh, as well as up there in goals with six. And looking ahead to our next game on Friday night against Chivas USA, well, I guess we could say we might... We might have it easy there because Chivas, maybe not, but Chivas is still with only two wins after losing 2 nothing to the Galaxy uh, last night. 
Well, Twelman talked about uh, how it is to be partnered up with Pat Noonan, and uh, we have quotes from Pat Noonan as well about playing up with Twelman and, and the games, and he won't be available for the next game most likely due to U.S. call-ups, unless the U.S. falls and loses to Honduras. And uh, we can play Pat Noonan's comments on the game as well right now. Talk about how you, you know when you found out that you were going to play tonight. Well, I was obviously just kind of waiting to see what would happen with the, the U.S. game, but... Uh, uh, you know, it didn't, didn't work out that I got to play with them, but I found out I was able to play with the Reds. And, uh, I was just excited to be playing with one team tonight, and uh, I'm glad I could be a part of that victory. Steve talked about uh, this being really the, the best game of the year uh, with Dallas making such smooth passes and everything. Playing against Dallas, does it seem like they're really the class of the league at, at this point as well as well as the Reds and really the team to beat? Well, they sure are a strong team, and they, they showed it. You know, I thought we had the better of them the first uh, half, and, you know, we're down 2-1, to one, so... Uh, you can't give teams like that uh, chances, and they're gonna they're gonna you know pounce on them and finish, and they did. So uh, they're definitely a, a talented team, and uh, it was a big win for us. And that was Revolution forward Pat Noonan on his comments on the game, and uh, Taylor Twelman, his scoring partner, had had the hat trick up front. Uh, Twelman with a great game, and and he was really talking about uh, the difference between playing with Pat Noonan and playing with a, a guy like Kano Smith up front, who's not really the experienced uh, player in MLS. They they play so well together. They they know each other. They play. Did they play together in college as well? I believe. Well, they they played together as kids. They grew up and uh, they went over each other's houses to play. And you can't get better than that. And it's now New England Revolution is benefiting from it with uh, two healthy forwards, uh, two of the league's top scorers, and whenever. In, pa- in the past, when I've looked at uh, top goal scorers, I also see teams ending up in the MLS Cup. It kind of goes hand in hand. Well, you look back and you see uh, in 2002, Twelman and uh, Ruiz were the top two scorers in the Galaxy, and the Revs ended up in the Cup. And exactly. It, it does seem to go that way. The top scorers and teams end up in the Cup. And here you have the Revs with Twelman and Noonan uh, right up there in the top, top scoring charts, both of them. So it makes it that much more dangerous to have two people up there. And we can't count out Chicago. However, New England, uh, Chicago has three more games played than New England. So uh, it's kind of deceptive to see Chicago at the top of the goals, uh, top of the point scale. Especially when you see him tying a team like Columbus. I mean, the, the coaching change can boost the morale of the squad, but I thought Columbus really outplayed Chicago for good portions of the match. And just the new coach, I don't think that's enough to, to be an excuse for a team like Chicago. And the rest of the results around the league, the Metro Stars tied Colorado Rapids 1-1. Kansas City Wizards pulled out a victory over Real Salt Lake, three goals to two. And, of course, the arch-rivals Chivas and Los Angeles Galaxy. Galaxy won for the third time in that rivalry. But watching that game, it seemed like uh, Chivas was playing pretty well and had a chance to they had more shots in the guys and they really had a chance to win it as, as, as well as Real Salt Lake they had a pretty good first half and uh, were unlucky to go uh, three goals down and even had an own goal in there that cost them and uh, the, the two expansion teams really had bad luck I thought last night and it could have gotten better results I was reading what coach Westerhoff of Chivas had to say and, and he said that he felt definitely Chivas played the better game and so we can't be deceived New England Revolution fans, that is, and the team, in the sense that Chivas only has two wins on the season, and New England is traveling to play in the Home Depot Center against Chivas. And missing so, a lot of players again. Again, missing a lot of players, and with a Chivas team that is just dying to win another game. So, uh, it's going to be a tough match at 10.30 on Friday, Eastern Time, that is. And uh, Chivas will actually be getting back a few players as well with... Uh, 
Costa Rica's elimination, a guy like Douglas Secure, and they'll just be more dangerous. They managed to beat Real Salt Lake with, without some of the players that were called up by a score of 5-1, to one. so their offense is starting to click. Uh, they didn't show it against the Galaxy, but they, they were a little unlucky not to get a better result. Right, so New England has to be ready on Friday night at 10.30. And yes, luckily for Chivas, they will have Sequeira back due to the uh, loss uh, yesterday. Honduras taking the win over Costa Rica 3-2 in the Gold Cup. And w- with the national team players like Noonan Dempsey and Ralston likely to be gone, uh, Twelman will be called on to be the star. And uh, Twelman talked about last night about being partnered with Pat Noonan and what that means. And he w- most likely won't be partnered with him against Chivas. And we have that clip now of uh, what Twelman had to say about being partnered up top with a guy like Pat Noonan. I, th- I think the positives from this game is obviously... You know, I know we gave up a weird goal in the first 10 minutes, but at the end of the day, I think we came out firing and putting them under pressure, and that's how this team needs to play. And uh, when we do that, we're successful. At the end of the day, we won 3-2, and uh, we'll take the three points. How nice was it playing alongside Pat again and having him in there? Listen, I, I, it's, it's an absolute pleasure playing with Pat up front. You know, he does the little things very well, and, uh, you know, he tells me before every game, just get open and I'll find you and when you play with a guy like that it's you know all the guys I mean you can go down the line everyone's just it's fun to play with he said you were worried about, he was worried that you re-injured your leg at one point can you talk a little bit about that he saw me stretching and uh, right. uh, second half Noonan played a great ball behind and my calf tightened up so I was stretching my calf and Stevie told me I was coming out so I had to run over to the sideline and explain it to him that it was my calf so Fortunately, he didn't take me up. You also looked to score a hat-trick with Bruce Serena in the area. You might be watching the game, and you might see you again back in the form. I don't worry about that. You know, at the end of the day, Steve Nichol and Paul Mariner are happy. I'm a happy man. And we got to take a quick break here, and then we'll be back with uh, Revolution rookie midfielder James Riley. the Sports Journal hits the road. They hit the road in style with a town car from Town Car Travel. See how affordable luxury can be? Town Car Travel will bring you anywhere you need to go in style. Town Car sedans in black and white, late model 810 passenger limousines, and a 2003 Ford 14 passenger van. They service all the major airports, cruise ports, train stations, bus stations, casinos, and concert venues. Plan that special night out for almost any event. They offer any point-to-point transportation in the Northeast area. That's Town Car Travel. Check them out on the web at towncartravel.com or give them a call at 508-678-5500. That's Town Car Travel, 508-678-5500. Or if you're in Rhode Island, 401-662-6956. That's Town Car Travel, 508-678-5500 or 401-662-6956. That's Town Car Travel and the next time you arrive, you'll arrive in style. Whenever the Sports Journal gang hits the road, we hit the road in a Stanley trailer. That Stanley trailers are Rehoboth, in business for over 20 years. At 56 Fall River Avenue, stop by and see Sophie Stanley at 508-336-4660. It's the best spot in town to get a recreational vehicle for your family. Only a quarter mile east of the Seekonk Speedway on Route 6. That Stanley trailers our home away from home for the Sports Journal Live. And a special thanks 
to King's Towing from Sophie Stanley. Now it's the Wild Car Blowout! The baddest car sale ever! You, you, and you, baby! Are you tired of all that? You know, if you and your family need a car, use caution because some dealers just miss the mark a little. At Saturn of Seacock on Route 44, we take the hassle out of your car buying experience. At Saturn of Seacock, it's extremely easy. We give you our best price the very first time. No haggling, no hassling. It's honest up front. It's the Saturn of Seacock way. And now we're open Sundays, too, to fit your schedule and make it even easier. Plus, extra help if your credit isn't perfect. Call Saturn of Seacock at 1-888-350-1534. Plus, come to Massachusetts and we finance your sales tax. Call 1-888-350-1534. Saturn of Seacock, 344, number one. Bye, bye, bye. Now, you got to admit, you must be tired. So call 1-888-350-1534 for Saturn of Seacom, a Herb Chambers quality dealership. You are listening to AM 1320 WARL, Attleboro, Providence. And now, back to Revolution Recap with your host, Sean Donahue. Welcome back to Revolution Recap. Joining me today in the studio is Patty Vine, and now over the phone we have Revolution midfielder James Riley. James, can you hear us? Yes, I can. Thanks a lot for joining us today. No problem, no problem at all. So, uh, your teammate at Wake Forest, Michael Parkhurst, everyone's talking about how he grew up as a Revs fan. Uh, growing up in Colorado, did you were you interested in the Colorado Rapids at all? Yeah, definitely. I actually went to the United game as well. Um, fantastic outing there. Um, so it was a good time with my club team. So definitely been a fan of the MLS since its debut. So was was growing up in Colorado, was it always a dream of yours to, to possibly play soccer professionally? It was. I mean, yeah, definitely. It, it was, as with every probably youth soccer player, you know, you see professional level and you always dream about playing there. So, yeah, it definitely was. And then as far as uh, going to Wake Forest, why did you decide to choose that school, school over um, some other ones? Right. Um, I just definitely fell in love with the school itself, both um, athletically and just, with the, and just as an academic institution. So it was sort of the best of both worlds. Um, great team atmosphere. I thought the team was very tight, and the coaching staff was fantastic. So couldn't, it just uh, had everything that I wanted, so chose Wake Forest, definitely. And it says you were one of the most versatile players and consistent players in Wake Forest history. Uh, what were some of the positions you played while you were at Wake Forest? Uh, I played center back, uh, both outside backs, both outside midfielders, center midfield. Um, yeah, pretty much everything, except goalie and uh, up front. <laughs> and uh, on draft day, um, obviously you saw a guy like Michael Parker, one of your teammates at Wake Forest, getting drafted. And then uh, you were drafted onto the same team. Was that really exciting for you to be drafted in the second round and not on the team as and not on the same team as one of your teammates? Yeah, it definitely was. I mean, pre the draft, what we all talked about how we wanted to play together or how awesome it would be to play together uh, once again. Um, and so I was just really happy for him because I knew he wanted to come back to New England. That's where his family was. Um, so when he was drafted, I was definitely happy for him. I was sitting right next to him, and then he came back and sat down after I was interviewed with uh, myself, Scott Steely, and Amir Lowry. Um, and then to hear my name next, he was really happy for me, and I was very happy as well. So definitely fantastic. 
Well, James, we think you've brought a lot of good luck to the uh, revolution this year, and can you talk about how it was uh, last night after the game? Yeah, definitely. And uh, what do you think about uh, the Revs going forward? Right. Um, definitely last night was a great win. Um, I think on the upside, right now, or probably for the last couple of games, uh, definitely haven't been playing our best soccer, but still, man, we need to come with results and definitely to get Pat Noon and Craig Dempsey back for that game. Uh, definitely revive the team a bit. Um, and so just to come back and get the win late in the game, especially um, after struggling a bit, um, just shows, you know, our determination and things of that sort of getting results. And with the team up top, you got two of the league's leading scorers and uh, Taylor Twelman and Pat Noonan. Is it great to know that um, you have the proven goal scorers up top, and does that take a little bit of pressure off the rest of the midfielder as far as the goal scoring burden? It, it definitely does, just to have so many people that are able, that are so dynamic and, and able to do different things. Uh, it takes a lot of pressure off different positions, but uh, definitely have those two up front. You definitely have a, you have to have a pair up front that clicks and gels and you know from last night you know you tell that they gel and enjoy playing with each other so yeah definitely they they have the ability to make other people around them better just by the attention they get so it definitely helps out a lot and, and coming in with the Revs you got off to a fast start with uh, the assistant I believe it was the first game of the season did, did that help uh, build your confidence coming in and all of a sudden making a difference on the score sheet yeah definitely it does I mean just coming into the first I would just have to get into the first game and then it um, have an ability to contribute in any way possible um, definitely helps out confidence wise and with, with the team this year um, in first place well almost in first place the three three games uh, in hand on Chicago but Chicago has one more point uh, playing playing against a team like Dallas who's been the top of the West team and getting out a win uh, when it looked like the team was going to be heading in with a loss uh, what does that mean for the team going forward to, to prove that they can beat a team like Dallas who has done so well as well yeah, definitely. Like again, um, you know, just get, being able to get results right now is definitely key for us, and we know that we can play, you know, way better soccer. So that's also an upside too. Got to keep staying positive, learn from this game, uh, keep banging away in practice, and then definitely just give us confidence to know that we can compete with anyone in the league, and we've known that from the start. Um, so we just got to continue to progress. Can you look forward, James, to next week and the week after when you uh, you will face both Chivas and uh, the Galaxy? No. Any thoughts on either of those rivals? Um, I mean, definitely Chivas is a dangerous team because they can be hot or cold any time. They always, they always play good football, I think. Um, definitely be an expansion team. They struggle here and there, but I think um, if we go in complacent, we can definitely come back to bite us and then uh, with LA um, LA definitely a good team as well uh, I haven't played them already on my fourth date um, I think we'll be able to match up with them better we know if they can bring a little bit more I think by that time we might have a national team that's back so it might help out a lot there as well so definitely two wins that we can gain for, before the all-star break for sure very capable of getting those two wins and with the national teamers back, uh, as far as Los Angeles, uh, they'll probably also have a, Lan a guy like Landon Donovan back, right. who's one of right. the marquee players in the league. Uh, what does it mean to, to the team preparations going in to match up a guy against a guy like that? Yeah, definitely. I mean, going against a high-quality player like that is definitely uh, get you excited to play. Um, and 
and they'll be getting him back and their other their other gold cup uh participants back as well. So it's gonna be a great game all the way around. Uh, both teams are stacked with good football. And so it's gonna be fireworks there as well, just like it was on July fourth. How do the fans of New England Revolution help you when you're out on the field? Because you had a great crowd last night, um, and usually the New England fans, we do get a pretty good crowd. Right. How are the fans uh, helping you out? Yeah, definitely. Hands down, I think the New England fans um, are fantastic. I can definitely hear them. Definitely, you know, the people at the fort um, and definitely starting to get fantastic attendance now. Um, you could tell that we had quality fans and they would come out uh, during our games in the soaking rain and stay. Um, so definitely the fans are fantastic here. They're helping us pull out a lot of wins at home and hopefully can continue to show their support. And I, I see you used to be a repossession man for Prime Financial of Colorado Springs. Is it quite quite the job upgrade? Yeah, definitely it is. I, would, I wouldn't trade it for the world right now. Now what about the team you played for, the Demon... Deacons. Where right. where are they located? Uh, Wake Forest University. Oh, okay. That's the name of the team, the Demon yeah, Deacons. Yeah, that's right. Did you play on any other teams at all prior to semi-professional Carolina Dynamo? Carolina Dynamo, the PDL team out of Carolina. Um, we had a lot of guys from Wake Forest on there, UNC Greensboro, UNC Chapel Hill, um, just pretty much a North Carolina-based team that played the PDL last year, yeah. And uh, I saw you played club soccer for the Colorado Rush. Uh, guy come gone from that program is Connor Casey, who's gone up and uh, plays now in the German Bundesliga. Is that something that you see possibly uh, maybe in the distant future playing over in uh, in Europe, Europe and possibly Germany? Right. I mean, that's probably a dream for everyone to play abroad. But with um, domestically with the league version right now, um, just gaining different benefits here, uh, I think a lot of people are choosing to stay. But I mean, definitely in the back of your mind, if you have an opportunity to go go there and better yourself as a player and then come back, uh, definitely worth a shot. Expand expand your uh, boundaries as a player a bit. Um, but yeah, so I mean, I was in the back of my mind, but here domestically, things are starting to get better for sure. It's a good time to get in as a young player. Um, the old veterans have paid their dues and opened a lot of doorways for us. So definitely. And do you I think it's a, for that. do you think it's a good thing that the league has been uh, trying to keep some of their Talent in the MLS, like a guy like Eddie Johnson, uh, who was rumored to be transferred, and that they're that they're starting to try to keep um, the American talent in the league. Right, right. Like I said, I mean, definitely. I think with uh, EJ, definitely is good for him to stay probably this year. Just so Bruce can see him um, play domestically, get in a lot because um, you never know he could know. If he makes if he makes a transfer and he doesn't play things like that, then maybe he doesn't get called up. So to have him sharpen on form here domestically. It's definitely a plus for our World Cup team, but I'm sure it's any player's dream to get over and play abroad, even for a year or two, just to get that experience. But I mean, definitely, it's good that MLS is trying to keep the domestic players around for sure. And playing in the PDL, did you ever play for uh, the Boulder Rapids Reserve? Um, I I didn't play for them exactly. I came into a couple of training sessions, um, played with the play in a scrimmage against the Colorado Rapids. Um, but I was taking summer school classes actually, so I was just in town for a couple of weeks, and then I went back to work for us. So that's the center. So were you hoping, uh, possibly going into the draft, that uh, Colorado might pick you up? But I, I guess now you'd probably be happy where you are with how well the team's doing and compared yeah, to Colorado. Yeah, definitely. I mean, definitely going into the draft, you always want to play close to home. 
Yeah. I see your teammates have uh, nicknamed you Giggles. Uh, how did that come about? Yeah, that's a funny one. It actually started in, at Wake Forest. Um, it was the fact that I always had, like to have a good time and laugh a lot. Um, is how I got at Wake Forest, and then when the, when the teammates got got a hold of it here, it just blew up and stuff. So they found they realized why um, my teammates at Wake nicknamed me Giggles, and they carried on the tradition. How is it working under Coach Steve Nichol in comparison to other coaches you've had? Yeah, definitely. Uh, Steve Nichol is just a fantastic coach. Just his player background, in addition with Paul Mariner, uh, just fantastic guys. It's good to have like a player coach, a coach who's played and understands players' point of views, and then now has the authority to coach you and you know give and push on to you the wisdom that they've gained. Um, so he's definitely a player's coach, hands down. A uh, great guy, Sam Paul Mariner. Um, so I think it's a fantastic coaching staff to have. They're very blessed to have them as uh, coaches. And uh, I saw in your club team time you actually had uh, Glenn Myernick as a coach and now uh, yeah. the coach of the youth national team. How is he as a coach and how was that experience? Right, yeah, definitely growing up I was lucky to have um, a lot of very uh, quality, high-caliber cal- high coaches. Uh, Glenn and Mitch Myernick, uh, his son actually played on my club team growing up in Colorado Springs so he helped out uh, when we were very young maybe 12 or 13 uh, just a great guy at the time uh, we definitely didn't know his significance in American soccer um, just knew that he was up there so just uh, having fun playing youth soccer having a great coach and we were very lucky never, like again we never really knew the significance until we were older so definitely quite experience and I, I saw um on your co- as far as your college visits, you had some interesting hosts. Uh, Jordan Sia, who's now on the Sia, who's uh, on the Colorado Rapids now, and then right. as well as uh, Brian C- Carroll, who's on uh, right. DC United. When you went to Wake Forest, so h- how did that end up? And was was that sort of a surprise to see that? Or was that any much of a coincidence? Um, no, it wasn't. It just happened that way. I really didn't know who they were. To be honest, going into the visit, um, but yeah, they're just both very quality guys. Um, we just had a great time uh, visiting both universities actually so it was a tough decision um, but I just chose to go to Wake but just because it was a smaller school um, I like to blend uh, academics and athletics and just make you know, decision with my family and it says uh, as far as U.S. national team that uh, you were twice a member of the youth national team pool did you ever see any action or any tr- call up to any training camps or no not yet it was, unluckily it was tour it was like during their the U17 World Cup so they just made a pool and that was it so no action there we do uh, getting back to revolution I think we all now with based on this has been one of if not the best first half of the season in the 10 year history of New England New England revolution so we have a lot of high expectations James for the rest of the season definitely any doubt in your mind that we can uh, see Revolution in the MLS Cup Final this year? Yeah, no doubt in my mind as a team, we set, we set that as a goal from the get-go. Um, and so we're going to continue to uh, place that goal above uh, everyone on the team and just shoot for that every day in training. Um, like I, again, like I said, we're not playing our best football, so that's definitely a plus that we know we can get 10 times better and peak at the right time. So we want to finish strong and end strong on the path you 
were talking earlier about uh, the game against Dallas possibly being uh, MLS Cup preview should things continue the way they're going. Uh, right. Seeing how good Dallas plays and some of the players they have, like Ronnie O'Brien, how well they do, um, what do you think are some of the things you have to watch out for in a team like that? Yeah, definitely. Dallas is a fantastic team. Ronnie O'Brien, or at least. And once they get EJ back, definitely a quality, quality team. Um, at the same time, we have quality players. Uh, we think we match up well uh, with them if we put, have to play them again or down the road. Um, so, I mean, if we have to play them again down the road and play off time, I'm sure we'll make adjustments and they'll make adjustments and then it'll just be a battle and uh, a great football match to watch for sure. And what the Rebs doing so well, um, part of the, the the disadvantage of that is you see a lot of the players getting called up to the national team and you see guys like Steve Ralston. Um, for for guys like yourself, that gives you the opportunity to get into the starting lineup more and see a lot of playing time and get experience early on in your career. Do you think that's a, a great thing for to, for the team to have all these uh, rookies getting the experience with the team? Yeah, it definitely lucked out that way. I mean, that was sort of the storybook um for preseason, uh, we had our national team guys away, and a lot of young guys were able to get opportunities in Bermuda and Ecuador and did very well with that. And so uh, the team has been able to play um, well without those guys, and the team can play even better with those guys. So I think it definitely think it's a plus. As far as Eastern Conference opponents, you've played some teams like uh, the Metro Stars who have the creative players uh, like Yuri Jerkyoff and then Amado Guevara. And uh, how do you how do you adjust to the different styles that uh, all the MLS teams seem to play uh, week in and week out? Right. Um, we try to, pretty much, we try to impose our, our game on, or, yeah, our style of play on the game. Um, first, like Steve Nick always says, uh, you have to battle to play. And so we, the first 20, first 30 minutes, we just try to impose our game, but always keep in mind that they definitely have players that, um, have the ability to turn games around. So we'll definitely want to play a Metro Stars. We're always keeping an eye on uh, a Guevara and a DeJerk IF and a Gavin. Um, but at the same time, we're trying to, you know, gamble a bit and push forward and see what we can do. All right. Well, thanks a lot for joining us today, and uh, good luck in the upcoming game against Chivas and then against Los Angeles. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. That was uh, rookie James Riley uh, from the New England Revolution who's seen a lot of playing time so far with the Revs. Already has eight starts in his uh, first season as well as playing in 13 games uh, and, and three assists to go along with that. He uh, had a good game yesterday. He had a good game yesterday. He got off to a, a very fast start with the team, getting the assist in the first game. and uh, He's definitely a great player that the Revs have. Uh, great shows how much their depth has gotten better over the years. Exactly. And we're going to take a quick break here and then we'll be back with some more Revolution Recap. <laughs> Do you need to sell your home quickly for cash? Do you have repairs, housing, or fire code violations and can't afford to do the work? Are you a tired landlord? Or maybe you've fallen behind on your mortgage or tax payments? Or are you in foreclosure? If you answered yes, then call Rio Properties. They're not realtors. They're buyers. Call 941-7020. Hi, I'm Mark Rio, president of Rio Properties. The real estate market is rapidly changing. Interest rates are fluctuating and property values are declining. As of July 2005, the changing lead and fire laws in Rhode Island could seriously affect the value of your property. If you're even considering selling your home, now is the time to call Rio Properties at 941-7020. 
Rio Properties, member of the Better Business Bureau. Se habla español. Rio Properties. Call 401-941-7020. Or visit the website at soldin24hours.com. Rio Properties. They're not realtors, they're buyers. You are listening to AM 1320 WARL, Attleboro, Providence. And now, back to Revolution Recap with your host, Sean Donahue. Welcome back to Revolution Recap. Joining me in studio is uh, Patty Vine. And uh, this segment, we'll talk a little about the, the Gold Cup. And the U.S. has done very well so far, undefeated, went through the group stages uh, 2-0-1-1, only struggled against uh, Costa Rica to score. Uh, but, but then, uh, last night, an excellent game against Jamaica, uh, up 3 to nothing. Uh, they were down a man at one point, and they held off Jamaica until Jamaica actually went down a man themselves. So uh, it was a good result for the U.S. to come away with a 3-1 win, and now they move on to the semifinals to face a team like Honduras. On Thursday, they'll face Honduras, and in the second game, Colombia won today, defeating Mexico. I don't know how many people expected that result, because Colombia's done poorly in the tournament. They, got, they lost to Panama 1-0, they lost to Honduras 2-1, and they beat Trinidad. So, uh, no one had the expectation, I don't think, Colombia, although we knew it would be a tough game, but Colombia this afternoon came away with a victory and will face... The winner of the game that's being played right now as we speak, Sean, South Africa versus Panama. And, and, and speaking about uh, Colombia, they, they really just barely made it into the next round. They came away, they lost the first two games, they lost to Honduras, uh, they lost to Panama, as you mentioned, and then they just snuck by with a 2 nothing win over Trinidad. Uh, they actually only made it through on goal differential as the third place team. Uh, and now that they're doing that, they're really contending and being one of the, the better teams Overall, in the quarterfinals, being a team like like um, Mexico, which is really surprising, how because Mexico got off to a good start in the group final and the uh, and the quarterfinals, they uh, lost the first game to South Africa and then they won the next two. Well, the coach Ricardo Lavolpe of Mexico will be taking a lot of heat, and he was sitting on the bench at the end of the game, smoking a cigarette, something you never see U.S. coaches do, looking very disconsolate. So, he's he's going to the press in Mexico is so tough that. Uh, We'll see. Uh, he should survive this, but he's going to take a lot of flack for the loss today. In the 13th minute for Colombia, Jaime Castellón got a goal. In the 19th minute, this is all in the second half. The first half ended 0-0. Gonzalo Pineda got uh, the goal for Mexico. And in the 29th minute of the second half, Abel Aguilar scored again for Colombia. And I watched at the end of the game, Colombia just controlled the ball. They didn't let Mexico even even get much uh, uh, of a touch on the ball. So they, they really have changed everything about their play, it seems, in this cup. And, and we were mentioned earlier the South Africa-Panama game. South Africa and Panama are actually tied 1-1 right now in overtime. And to talk about Panama, they're not, no one thinks of them as a major soccer power. They made it to the final round of the World Cup qualifying for the first time ever. They, they eked out a win against Colombia, and now they're, here they are tying South Africa in overtime. Uh, we don't know how the result of that's going to end, but it's really, just, even if it ended now, how, how well Panama's done in this tournament and, and, and World Cup qualifying overall is really impressive. Exactly. So we're going to see uh, two exciting semifinal games in Giant Stadium on Thursday. 
starting off with the U.S. versus Honduras, and I did get to go to the press conference uh, after the game that Honduras uh, beat Costa Rica 3-2, to two. and that whole country, it's something we have a hard time understanding in the United States. It's like the hopes of the whole country are on the Honduran national team, and there's so much happiness that that one team is bringing to the country. Uh, soccer, according to the coach, was kind of in a depressed state because... As the coach explained, uh, they uh, they were knocked out of World Cup qualifying, and it was a lot of circumstances. Coach Bora Milutinovic uh, basically dropped the team during the World Cup qualifying phase, and they never recovered. So uh, they didn't qualify. Costa Rica is the team that knocked them in the final analysis out, and they, uh, while we would look on it, as kind of a revenge match. The Honduran players that we interviewed after the game didn't see it that way. They, they are looking anxiously to face the U.S. on Thursday night. That will be a tough match for the U.S. And the U.S. are uh, on the opposite end of the spectrum, doing very well in World Cup qualifying. Basically, they've pretty much qualified. They haven't clinched a spot yet, but with, with how their standings stand right now, it would be very surprising to see. It, w- it would really take a, a disaster as far as the U.S. and a miracle for the other teams for them to do that. And uh, we, we actually have Arena's press conference from last night, and uh, Arena talked about the ha- upcoming Honduras game, and we can play that now. Well, I think we played well today. It was our best game of the tournament. Uh, we were able to get a little close to having our, our starting group in there, and I think they uh, they did well. Uh, technically good passing the ball today, good quickness. If we're at fault for anything, and be critical of our group, was uh, I think we were pretty sloppy in, in dealing with the game. It's 2-0 at halftime, and putting ourselves in the situations we put ourselves in during the second half. However, at the end of the day, you know, uh, 3-1 is a good result, and we look forward to playing Honduras and in uh, New Jersey. I thought uh, a number of very good performances today. Obviously, Beasley, but our, our top group of players, Beasley, uh, Ralston, Donovan, uh, Wolf, played very well. The back group did a good job, and, and obviously Casey Kelly's save on a penalty kick is a, is a big play in this game. You see that Olsen had much of a choice taking the goal? Yeah, his choice was to be in a better spot as the play developed. That was his choice. The other choice is not the foul of player. Coach, can you just talk about uh, your decision about the way you uh, lined up in the game? Uh, how did we line up? Pushing up Trondolo, pushing up Ralston. What was your decision behind that? I, w- I wouldn't get too uh, caught up on that. I know you guys like to write about that stuff, but it's about getting your best players on the field. You know, these formations are, it's still at the end of the day, it adds up to 11 players. And and however it looks on a piece of paper, you think it's just about how they play together and move together. It's not, there's no magical formations. It's a, the way you can best utilize your players. That's all it is. And how is Toronto off? Uh, well, first of all, I thought that was a, uh, you know, a, a, a red card. And uh, I, I would guess Shrundalo's out the rest of the tournament. Diagnosed yet? No, I mean uh, I'm sure he'll need an MRI. But even if it's just a sprain, my my guess is it would be more than a week. What would, would you rate today's performance for the whole tournament as a whole? I mean, it's, a, uh, it's our best performance. But you know, you, you got to realize and. Uh, Every game is different, but when you play against a team that plays a little bit more and is a little bit more attack-oriented, it opens up things the other way. So we we benefit from that. I think uh, our first three games, uh, we played against opponents that had a definite plan about not letting anything get behind them. And uh, 
made the games difficult, difficult to create chances. Uh, today, uh, it was a little bit more wide open. That was head coach Bruce Arena on the game last night. Uh, the, the U.S. came off, uh, they got off to a very fast start, uh, unlike the other games where they kept the late. Uh, Josh Wolf scoring just the sixth minute, and then they gave up the penalty kick just seconds later, but Casey Kellett came up, he was on that, saving Andy Williams, I think it was Williams' first miss in over a year on a penalty kick. And uh, then Beasley really controlled the game. Beasley earned man of the match honors, and he had an excellent game, and we actually have comments from Beasley now that we can play for you on what he thought of the game. Yeah, it turned out exactly the way we wanted, actually. You know, I mean, we know that, you know, they, they get uh, disorganized in the back. You know, so we wanted to, you know, utilize, you know, myself and, you know, Stevie on the flanks. And we knew that, uh, you know, um, Johnny O'Brien and uh, Stevie Trundle in the beginning would have a lot of space, you know. And we, we utilized the flanks and we tried to get Adam on the flanks. And, you know, when that happened, the middle would open up. Pablo and have a lot more space. And, you know, it worked, you know, perfectly, you know, our game plan. So we're very, you know, excited about going to the, to the semifinal in New York. So, you know, we look forward to it. It was great that we score more than more than um, three goals. You know, we could have had four or five, even six maybe. You know, we hit the post twice on one PK and then, uh, you know, Santino. So, I mean, we just had a lot of chances. But, I mean, at the same time, we're, we're starting to, uh, you know, get those creative options, you know, as far as as far as we're, we're starting to get it right a little bit. And hopefully we can move on to in the right direction with us, you know, uh, making those chances. But at the same time, maybe next game we can, you know, score a few more goals. And as far as as far as the USSC was mentioning, uh, the, they have been having some problems. They get the chances, but their finishing hasn't been that great in this tournament. Um, obviously, uh, off the roster, Brian McBride didn't get the call up, and then you saw Connor Casey got called up and then got injured. Eddie Johnson got called up, but he was injured, and then he was uh, removed for Santino Caranta. And uh, Caranta hasn't really had a great tournament. He's had gotten in good Not positions, no. gotten in good positions, but really missed a lot of shots. And for a forward who only has two goals in MLS, it's a bit surprising to see him get called up to the national team. Exactly, and Bruce Arena stated that that was the team's best game yet. I'm, I'm hoping they have their best games yet to come because I think when they face Honduras on Thursday night, they're going to have to bring the level up one notch or more. And, and Josh Wolf really uh, got off to the got off to a good start. He did. scored the first goal. Um, it looks like he'll he'll likely end up getting another start at Ford. Uh, we have a, a, a about 30 seconds uh, worth of comments from Josh Wolf that we can play now as well. I think the second half certainly opened up, and even in the first half, we the key that Bruce was was saying was when we lump it forward, either hold it or, or win the second ball. And I think we did a pretty good job of that thing. That allows us to get Landon and allows us to get Steve and Bees in. So uh, that side of things was a lot better today. And in the second half, we just kind of took it out of them, and, and they were certainly tired. So again, it was a, a better performance. Obviously, you know, we'd like to get a couple more goals, but it, it was still a pretty good day. And that was uh, Josh Wolf Ward who scored the first goal for the U.S. I like what he said. They took it out of them. They, Jamaica didn't have much left by the end of that game. Yeah, they did get off a, a late consolation goal. But then after that, you saw him, the U.S. go right down the other side and earn the penalty kick. They didn't score on it. But that's definitely not what Jamaica was trying to do in the situation. Already down two goals at that point. Sometimes it looked sloppy down that <laughs> end. Uh, shots being you know, taken and all over the place and... Yeah, Jamaica had a, a better performance, I thought, against Mexico than they did against the U.S. They lost that one nothing, but I thought they looked more compact in defense and really gave Mexico a good game. Exactly, and I saw I happened to be sitting in the stands, and the fans from Jamaica were leaving the game uh, kind of in droves bef- about 15 minutes before the end, so they gave up on their 
their team. <laughs> Part of the problems for uh, Jamaica was the U.S.'s strong defense for the game. Uh, Gucci Onyewu got the start, a uh, young center back who plays in Belgium. And uh, there's been talk about him possibly tra- changing teams in Belgium for the team that finished the top uh, to actually get time in the Champions League. That, and that really shows how far he's gone. And we actually have the comments from him about uh, the distractions of possibly uh, a possible trade occurring. There's been talk of uh, possibly you being in a trade to, to get into the Champions League in, in Belgium. Is, is that any bit of a distraction for you? Or? Uh, right now I'm not focusing on... Uh, well, I am focusing on my club team, but right now I'm with the national team. So until uh, we get eliminated from this tournament, I'm not going to think about anything else. It's not good to think of too many things at one time. You know, you just got to let things play out. And if it works out, it works out. If not, you know, something else will come along. Coming up the game against Honduras in the semifinals, uh, they put away three goals against Costa Rica. Is that a, uh, a team that offensively it, it could be a bit worrisome for, for the U.S. defense? Um, not exactly, you know, because we're also an offensive weapon as well. You know, we could have had five, six goals easily today, and uh, I think they're going to have to do well with competing against our forwards as well. So I think it's going to be a pre- pretty much even match. And that was a Gucci Anyewu, a center back for the U.S. And as he was saying, uh, both teams are really good offensively. And he mentioned that he does think it's going to be a pretty even match. It's going to be exactly. It should be a very even match. And uh, they're going to have to watch out for Wilmer Velasquez. He scored two goals against Colombia. He scored the first goal and had an assist. He was player of the game for uh, the first match, player of the match rather. So Wilmer Velasquez is is going to be trouble for the U.S. defense, I think, on Thursday night. And the coach of uh, Jamaica. Uh, seemed to be fairly happy about how far Jamaica had gotten in the tournament, uh, but he mentioned that they did play uh, Mexico and the U.S. in the tournament. Mexico really top in World Cup qualifying, and U.S. second, really the top two teams in CONCACAF at this point. So they got, got kind of a bad draw, but he, he was happy with the experience. He thought it was good for the team, and we have uh, Coach Downswell now with, with his comments on the match. Uh, well, I, I must say uh, we are particularly disappointed that we haven't advanced to the next round of the competition. However, it was a tremendous experience for us, especially playing against Mexico and then against U.S. two of the top teams, number one and number two seeded team. Uh, the first half, I, we have somewhat lethargic in terms of our performance. It wasn't as that tactically disciplined. Um, the second half, we came out much more purposeful in terms of our approach. Um, we at least should have gotten an early goal. Unfortunately, it was a brilliant um, goalkeeper on the part of, of the, the U.S. Goal, um, goalkeeper overall. But throughout the game, we played somewhat spirited. We played in Spurs. I think um, one of the major factors was our level of concentration on a consistent basis. Could you talk about the problems Beasley uh, posed for your team? Yes, his movement was um, was, was um, good. Movements off the ball. Uh, I think it's off, uh, off the ball movement was good. I think that poses an, an, uh, problems for us on a number of occasions. You know, it sort of destabilizes our defensive network to some extent. Um, on a on a, com- on a uh, relatively consistent basis. Was however uh, the two goals that we gave up, we could consider them a two soft goal. Especially, well, the, f- the first one was somewhat unfortunate, but the second goal, you know, I think. You know, we were uh, somewhat ball watching. I think that caught us in terms of our defensive network. We came out the second half much more purposeful. We recognized the problem that we had, and we came out. And it's just unfortunate that we got that uh, that red card. I think that was the, the second turning point in the game. Had we scored that penalty uh, just about in the seventh minute of play, I think then overall, you know, we, I think after we missed that penalty, uh, our head dropped. 
I, I think you know the, the, the confidence level went down um, throughout that the half. We played in, in Spurs, but overall uh, it was a tremendous experience participating in the Gold Cup tournament um, for a young squad. We are gearing into 2010. We have seen a lot of positive in, uh, in terms of the team's performance. I think we have created a positive impact, and I think the future looks bright for Jamaica's football once you continue to get the necessary experience and exposure, having high quality opposition at the international level. And that was head coach of Jamaica, Wendell Downswell, and really a class act and defeat there. Uh, he, he really put things in perspective, saying they were going against a team like U.S., and it was just great to get out there and get the experience, and really gearing towards 2010, as he said, as Jamaica's already out of World Cup qualifying. And the coach of Costa Rica, I heard his comments, Guimaraes, and he mentioned that his goals in the tournament had been uh, met because he was trying out young players, and that's what he wanted to do. During the tournament, they got far, but of course they are still in World Cup qualifying. They face Mexico as their next opponent, and they'll be facing the United States, and the U.S. has to go to Estadio Saprissa in Costa Rica on October 8th or 9th. So the U.S. will face Costa Rica one, once more in qualifying, and the coach basically said he accomplished his goals. He tried out a lot of young players in the tournament and that's what he wanted to do. And it should be mentioned that the U.S. were really trying out a lot of young players as well, seeing a, some several guys get their new caps and inexperienced guys like Dempsey get more playing time. Uh, guys like Claudio Reina, Brian McBride, Carlos Bocanegra, Corey Gibbs all then get call up to this game and they're likely to be on the U.S. squad. So it's a great experience for these young guys to get and to win it for the U.S. would be that much greater w without all their stars. Exactly. There's there's tournaments going on, of course the World Cup tournament being the most important. Now Mexico, it has to be said, just came off of a tournament, the Confederations Cup. And, and made it really well, and that being upsetting Brazil, who really played their, their first team with Ronaldinho and all, all their stars getting the time, so that was quite a game for them as well. Exactly. And I was thinking, Sean, in terms of the exhaustion factor for a team like Mexico, who's involved in World Cup qualifying, going to Europe for the Confederations Cup, facing all those tough teams, and you would say, oh yes, they should beat Colombia today, but it's there's all these other championships that they're also in. There has to be a fatigue factor at some point. That uh, and psychologically they know they're getting up for World Cup qualifying, which is the most important. However, no excuse. Mexico is the team that has won more gold cups, four times champion of uh, gold cup champion. U.S. three times, Canada once. My question being, will this be the first year we will have a visiting team be champion of the gold cup? Which when South Africa and Panama, do you have the latest score, Sean, for that match? Yep, that one's still tied up at 1-1, and uh, we'll, we'll see what happens with that, but that's quite an, that looks like quite a good game, and uh, Panama really giving a, giving a fight to South Africa. Exactly, so we'll see which team will be the rival. We don't have the final result. The game's not over. Could possibly go to penalty kicks, and which team will face Colombia on Thursday night at 9 o'clock. And we were talking about uh, the depth of the U.S. team. Uh, several players from the Revs, Noonan, Dempsey, and uh, Ralston. I think Ralston's really established himself now as a main, main force for the U.S., and he'll likely uh, get a chance for the World Cup. But Dempsey and Noonan really still on, on the verge there, uh, and I, I, this is a really great opportunity for them in the Gold Cup to show what they have. It's, yes, and both playing as well as they did in the game last night, 
we know Bruce Arena was undoubtedly watching that game, and Taylor Twelman too. He may get another call up, another chance on the U.S. national team. And uh, the, Steve Rawson and uh, Pat Noonan played um, on the Tuesday match for the U.S. Uh, and the, and uh, Bruce Arena had comments to say about how they played, how the three rows players are playing. Uh, he 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 thought uh, Rawson played well, but he was a little down on uh, how Dempsey had played, which is surprising because I thought he had a good game. But uh, we'll play those comments for you now on what Arena had to say on the Revolution players. Bruce, your thoughts on the, the three Revolution players who played on the field tonight? I think Rawson had another good game. I think uh, uh, Pat Noonan has struggled a little bit in the last uh, couple of games. I, I think Dempsey is very much an unfinished product at this point in time, but he needs these kind of games. I think, uh, you know, Clint, in all fairness to Clint, he has uh, very little experience as a player. His, his uh, professional career, he's in his second year as a professional, and he just needs a lot more time. And it'll always be interesting to see where he ends up as a player, the best spot for him. But he just needs a few more games at this level to be moved along properly, and it's going to take some time. So, uh, you know, I think both the guys that have uh, great potential, I think uh, Clint needs a lot more experience. Pat, uh, I think is hampered a little bit by an injury, but Clint just needs more games at, at good levels in order to improve. And, you know, we got to find uh, a spot on the field that makes sense for him, but I tend to think he's uh, the closer we get him to goal, the better off he is. And that was Bruce Arena on the Revolution players. Uh, he was talking down about Dempsey. Somebody mentioned, uh, I forget who I was talking to, that he might be trying to get a little fire in his belly by saying some comments like that. And do you think that's the case? Because in my mind, Dempsey has been one of the better players when he's played in this tournament. I think he, it's a psychological, a little bit of a psychological game to motivate him. Look how he played for the Revolution last night. It was uh, at the end of the game. He had the assist on Taylor Twelman's goal. And... It's got to be a motivating factor to have the national team coach say. But he also made a good point that he still needs more experience. And, and you had uh, shown to me that there's going to be several Rebels players down there in Providence running a clinic. Do you have the information on that? Yes. Tomorrow on the uh, front of the State House, State House lawn, between 1 and 2 p.m., what a great opportunity for all the kids in Rhode Island and nearby southeastern Mass, Attleboro, to come and there'll be a revolution players and coaches, including Michael Parkhurst. We didn't talk about Jose Cancela, but he had a fabulous game last night. One of the few games he played the whole game. The whole game. And Marcos Romanero, a Brown University graduate who played soccer in Brazil and at Brown University. The general manager, Craig Tornberg, will be there tomorrow, 1 p.m. on the Rhode Island State House lawn. So, uh, great opportunity for the kids to meet Revs players and uh, have a fun time. And we got to wrap things up here. I'd like to thank Patty for joining me. The upcoming Revs game is actually 10.30 uh, on Friday night uh, against Chivas in Chivas, so that uh, in Los Angeles. At the Home Depot Center, The Home Center, Depot right. Center. And uh, we'll be na- back next week from 7 to 8 p.m. with the latest Revs news. And you can get the latest archives at revolutionrecap.com. Thanks for joining us tonight. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.